This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Slim Shady. Slim Shady does not give a fuck what you think. If you don't like it, you can suck his fucking cock. Little did you know, upon purchasing this album, you have just kissed his ass. Slim Shady is fed up with your shit, and he's going to kill you. Yeah. A anything else? Yeah. Sue me. When I was just a little baby boy, my mama used to tell me these crazy things. She used to tell me my daddy was an evil man. She used to tell me he hated me. But then I got a little bit older and I realized she was the crazy one. But there was nothing I could do or say to try to change it Cause that's just the way she was They said I can't rap about being broke no more They say I can't rap about coke no more ah, Slut, you think I won't choke no whore Till the vocal cords don't work in the throat no more ah, These motherfuckers are thinking I'm playing Thinking I'm saying this shit cause I'm faking it Just to be saying it ah, Put your hands down bitch, I ain't gonna shoot you I'ma pull you to this bullet and put it through you ah, Shut up slut, you're causing too much chaos Just bend over and take it like a slut, okay ma? Raping his own mother, abusing a whore, snorting a coke, and we gave him the Rolling Stone cover. You goddamn right, bitch, and I was too late. I'm triple platinum, and tragedies happen in two states. I ain't been violent, you vile, venomous, vile little bitches, pain, spike it in. Chainsaw, left his brains off, dangling from his neck while his head barely hangs on. Blood, guts, guns, cuts, knives, lies, wives, nuns, sluts. Bitch, I'ma kill you. You don't wanna fuck with me. Girls, leave. You ain't nothing but a slut to me. Bitch, I'ma kill you. You ain't got the balls to beef. We ain't gonna never stop beef, and I don't squash the beef. You better kill me. I'ma be another rapper dead for popping off at the mouth with shit I shouldn't have said. But when they kill me, I'm bringing the world with me. Bitches, too. You ain't nothing but a girl to me. I said, dude, what a fuck with Shady. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you guys again as we get ready to tackle another rap album on the new reviews. I'm your host, James White. Tonight, tonight's performer has a pretty uh, obvious distinction. He's the only white guy on this entire list. We've done groups. We've done solo. No white guys. It's rap. That's going to happen. But one guy made the list, and I think you know who it is. It's got to be Mr. Eminem. And the album that made the list is called the Marshall Mathers LP. I f expected him to be on this list. You know, I previously said I had other expectations when compiling the list, like The Chronic, Wu-Tang. I knew those albums were going to be on there. Um, you know, I knew what rappers would appear. I could not have told you any of Eminem's album's names. And apparently they all end in either EP or LP. That's the uh, apparent fascinating thing about it. But um, this one, Marshall Mathers LP, which was his third album. Also couldn't have told you that, too. I have no idea what the timeline is. I just remember when I started actually appreciating him. And it was actually right around the time that this album came out. Um, so, when I, you know, he, he sprung on a scene. Obviously, everybody remembers, you know, MTV was at, like, peak you just waited for the next video. That was the next big thing. And it was the driving force behind everything. TRL, all that shit. You know, when when he came out, you know, I can remember a guy that I worked with at a restaurant, like, giving me every assurance. I heard of, I heard of this dude, this white dude that Dre's bringing out is going to be sick as shit. Like, trust me, he's going to be, like, the best ever. Like, you have no idea. Like, like, he had heard some of, I guess, his, like, early, you know, underground shit from Detroit or whatever. Um and he was like, dude, it's fucking insane. So he was, like, swearing by this guy before he was even out, all right? Apparently that was a good call, Tom, because the dude's fucking huge. You know, there, a lot of people will will say he's the best ever. A lot of people do say that. But when, when he came out, 
with with his I remember seeing his first single and just kind of being like yeah, it's funny he's making fun of a bunch of people and it's he's he's painting this comical picture of, of the trailer park you know trying to put a comedic spin on it and I'm like okay I just didn't understand like I was told that this was going to be an amazing rapper so at first it just didn't hit home with me I heard him and just kind of went Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 what everybody's gonna like. Good for them. I wasn't too concerned with it. You know, as time went on, and apparently with with this album, this album had some, a little some of that. The shit talking. You know, poke fun at celebrity. He's just gonna say a bunch of outlandish shit because that's what's gonna sell his records. Gonna have some of those songs, but he goes in a little bit deeper and all that and his singles did like i don't remember after that first the my name is song i don't remember what followed it immediately kind of the wrong guy to ask about that there were there were songs on this album that i can remember hearing and kind of going wow this isn't like goofy and you know he doesn't kind of sound like he's you know you know he just doesn't sound like some babbling jackass just putting insults together so they rhyme excited to get into this album like i said i, I knew i figured he'd be on the list um, I just didn't know what album or any of the names of his album. So, happily, got the Marshall Mathers LP because when I looked at the track listings, I knew that this was this this had to be the album that that, that had the songs that I actually kind of went, huh? Maybe this guy is good at what he does. It's his third album. Came out in the year two thousand. It's the only entry on this list that came out, you know, outside of the nineteen hundreds, as it were. As weird as it is to say that, uh, this album I believe is our is our top selling album of the of the of the 10 21 million i think our previous other best album was like seven something like that i think that might have been like like the chronic or or maybe tupac sold like seven million copies and that's like an, an incredible feat i can't even imagine being on the receiving end of that news but yeah 21 million that's how many copies of the marshall mathers lp went out very controversial like i said you know he, he came out guns blazing said he was out to destroy pop culture and expose it for the the hypocritical shit show that it actually is. You know, it's not this perfect glitz and glamour. That's just the facade. And he was going to prove it. So that's kind of what he said he was going to be there for. Um, That's totally relevant, again, on this album as well. He explores a couple other themes. There's just sort of, you know, like his family's turmoil, I guess, like growing up and where he was currently. Tumultuous, I guess I would say, or violent relationship that he apparently had with his wife, uh, Kim, the infamous Kim. I think everybody knew who Kim was, even if he didn't really hear any of the songs. A lot of the lyrics in, in, the, in, in, in that album kind of divert to that. It's kind of weird to kind of stick on that theme. It kind of wears on me, I'm not going to lie, throughout the album. The album's produced pretty much almost entirely by Dr. Dre, who kind of discovered him, brought him up, signed him, whatever, to his label. As we've said before on on several episodes, every time Dre's name comes up, I feel like I have to reiterate my stance on Dr. Dre. He's a phenomenal producer. Okay? He's a phenomenal producer. I will never not say he's a phenomenal producer, because he is. And he does a fantastic job with his album, with the music, and the way that most of the songs are framed and, and play out. It's really just, it's, yeah, does it again. All right? Every every album that Dre produces, the music and, and the beats and everything, everything about it's pretty friggin' tight. Being that the album's kind of all over the place, it 
it kind of, you know, he had to tackle all these topics to get his critics to just, you know, start, you know, going after him with the same old bullshit because that's another big narrative within the album is fuck my critics. He's enticing them to write negative shit again with this album so he can come back and guess what? Yep, he's going to say fuck you again. That's kind of his whole thing. Um, he touches on some really weird shit sometimes. Uh, you know, it goes all out on drug use and. Uh, domestic violence and uh, talks about raping his mom. It's it, it goes to some really weird places. Uh, it's got 18 tracks. It's the second longest album, I believe, unless Reasonable Doubt is going to be a little bit longer, but who knows? So as of now, it's the second second longest that we're doing. There were five singles released off of this album because that's what you do. You flood the market, guys. We will dive in. Marshall Mathers LP. Here we go. Uh, in true rap album fashion, it begins with a skit. Albeit it's a short skit. Uh, it's called Public Service Announcement 2000. You heard it on the way in to the episode. Uh, I, 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 guess, I guess it's necessary. Thank God it was short. The fucking skits on rap albums. I just, I don't get it. Like, why do so many of these people think it's a good idea? But they do, and it's there, and it's there for us to hear. So, um, yeah, they do the little skit, you know. You bought the album, you just kissed his ass. So, you know, sit back and enjoy the ride, basically. Go straight into a song called Kill You, track two. This song kicks in right at the same time, just, you know, beat, bass, every, just every, everything about it. Simple, direct beat, clean guitar, bass. Like I said, Dre, Dre didn't do a whole lot with the music in this one because he didn't need to. You know, and I think it was his MO to sort of highlight Eminem's vocals and his ability, and actually get out what he needed to say clearly, so he didn't jam it up with a whole bunch of scratching and loops and all sorts of nutty shit. This was sort of, you know, like that that second, you know, after after the whole West Coast G-Funk era sound that he pretty much penned, you know, this was sort of his, like, second, you know, like his, he evolved into this sound at the turn of the century, you know, and, and you really got to see him go to town and, and really get creative with his beats uh, with Eminem. This is the one where he talks about raping his mom, so it's really just, it's bizarre. Describes murdering a woman. Yeah, it's just, it, you get the sense that his childhood was filled with, you know, manipulation on behalf of probably both of his parents who, you know, even if, you know, they were around. Just a big vent. That's all it is. He's just, he's just starting off getting some shit off his chest. You know, shit that's really been eating him up, you know, and understandably, because if this is, you know, if these these are the things that happened to him, you know, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to have some, you're going to have some, some rage within you. Uh, the chorus on this, you don't want to fuck with Shady, cause Shady will fucking kill you. Catchy as hell. It's so catchy. The flow during the verses is really, really cool. It's got like a stop, it's cause he's doing it over like kind of like a stop and go beat. And he just, he, he delivers just perfect tempo and a perfect cadence over top of this beat. And it's, it's a very refreshing experience to hear this song right out of the gate. Um, Really, very recognizable voice. You know, you've it. It's really, it's 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 really hard to believe that there might be somebody out there that doesn't go. Oh, that was Eminem. No, he's he's very recognizable. Switches up his cadence a lot, and I guess this is sort of like this has something to do with this this Slim Shady concept. Like I didn't, I thought that was just kind of like the name of an album and a song. Apparently, it's sort of like his, I guess, like Ziggy Stardust kind of thing. So I guess like that. Any I because the the album gets referred to as like a horror core 
genre of rap because of some of the content and like the places he goes you know i guess like that's sort of like how he can i don't know if it's meant to like get away with it or that's just you know like he's just created this character to represent all the rage within him and he's the one who says all the outlandish shit like he's gonna rape his mom and do all that nonsense don't know not sure what the angle was but Aside from some of the content of the lyrics, the song was wonderful. It really was. It's a hell of a start. It's a hell of a start to an album. Song number three is arguably one of the best uses of a sample in rap. Uh, the song is called Stan. And for those who are unfamiliar with Stan, it is a song that is compiled of words that were written to Eminem by a fan whose name was Stan. And he does this roller coaster. It's taking place over several letters where he starts out by saying, like, yo, man, I love, saw your show. Congrats on the new album, all this. He's, like, just so psyched to, you know, he's so happy for Eminem for having all this success. Like, he deserves it, you know? And he, and he feels like he's sharing the moment with him. And then, you know, Eminem's busy, so he never writes him back. So he starts just gradually getting a little, like, more angrier and distraught and talking about, like, self-inflicted, you know, like, like cutting and shit like that. Talks about, you know, like, hitting his girl and all this and whatnot and it just and it escalates and it's apparently a true story the sample that they use in this and it starts out it's that dido that from that thank you song i think she released a single a few years later but um everybody was singing that hook it just it was just it was i remember it being weird when she finally released her single that used that chorus because why wouldn't you at that point you know like here in the verses i'm like no that's not that's not the way the song goes there's eminem's supposed to rap after you do the chorus you know it's it was just so ingrained in your head you know but i think it worked out for dido by the end of the song of course he uh tell you that the guy stan was writing a letter as he had kidnapped his pregnant girlfriend and took a bunch of pills and was gonna go drive off the edge of a bridge into a river and just kill all of them like that sort of shit and finally realizes that had he stopped and made time maybe i guess i don't i don't know how you can feel sorry for yourself i'm sure the guy's got a lot going on you know he got shot the superstar fame virtually overnight i think between the big album and this album i think it was only like a year man like how many goddamn fans can you even respond to you know it's, it's just wild you know i mean it's a shame that the guy died but you know it's yeah I mean, it's 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 absolutely terrible um but this this song i remember and it was assisted heavily by the uh video you know i, I always think back to the video with that devin sawa kid from final destination and little giants he was in little giants yeah that dude he, like he he played stan you know, and it was it was a really it was actually die shit. Dido played the girlfriend. That's right. Dido was in the video. How about that? Boom. Knowledge, visuals from the video and the song, it just worked. You know, and it was it was like fuck, man. Like this dude's not just running his mouth and talking shit. By the time that this song had come out, I think this was the third single that came out. So there were two songs before this. So you're like, Ugh, you know, and that was like, I believe that was like more of the satirical, you know, the goofy shit talk Eminem. So to hear this song was really like, whoa. And it was a fucking good song too. Like I said, that hook, you know, like I say, I, you know, I could sit here and probably think of other samples that are damn good, but man, like that's just that, that hook sample, that Dido song just works so fucking well with this song and the content and everything just boom, perfect. So yeah. The hits keep coming. Um, track four, another skit. God damn it. This one is just called Paul. Stan was an awesome song. It was a fucking awesome song. And you fucking follow it with another skit. Like, God damn it. It just drives me nuts when this shit happens. All right? It just takes any sort of, like, like, like you had momentum. You had Kill You and then Stan, and it was going well. And now I got to stop for a fucking skit. I remember what the skit was about. I was so angry that the goddamn skit popped up. Thank you, Eminem. Number five, who knew? 
again, I cannot stress enough how impressive it is to see Dr. Dre do the simplest shit that works. He just does a little just boom, bap, boom, bap, and just three notes. He just drops them in the right place, and boom, it's a fucking amazing song. Um, you know, this one is, I think Eminem just kind of, I think fighting back at the, the notion critics, media, everything like that. I don't know if he was actually being blamed for, or if they were like, this is going to lead to, because a lot of his lyrics had a lot of violent content. Apparently they do on this album. I'm saying apparently, cause at the time I, I didn't realize this, um, but you know, like it's it seemed like he was getting blamed for a lot of you know you know that whole you know oh they see this on television oh they listen to Eminem records you know there's always there's always got to be a bad guy in in that industry when kids are doing something bad as soon as they're listening to anybody controversial that's who gets the blame it's just it happens time and time again and ultimately in this song he questions if polite society is really all that polite it's just another good song if it wasn't for that goddamn skit we'd have just been like boom boom boom. Three fantastic songs. But what are you going to do after another good song? You're going to do another goddamn skit. And this one just, Christ. It's called Steve Berman, who's apparently some record exec. And, of course, as irony would have it, he's going to be telling Eminem how bad the album, the Marshall Mathers LP, is. And that he's not going to be able to sell it. Remember, he sold 21 million copies. And it's going to be so bad. And M's just sitting there all, like, crushed. Like, oh, what? What do you, oh, no, oh, oh, you don't think it's gonna, oh, my album sucks, blah. It's like, this is supposed to be this humbling scene. It's fucking stupid. It doesn't need to be there. It just doesn't need to fucking be there. It's just ungoddamn believable. Whatever. So, they do that. And then, because they could have just kept the goddamn momentum going, another good song. Track seven, The Way I Am. So, this was the second single off of this album. So, in retrospect, Stan was the song that solidified in my mind this dude actually has something to him. Weird Al Yankovic's a fantastic performer. Would I call him a phenomenal songwriter? Absolutely not. Even if he's doing covers. I'm just saying, like, what he comes up with, you know? Like, there's there's a difference, you know? Like, being goofy can only get you so much respect in my book. But when you got some meat behind you, it works a little bit more for me, you know? So, this song, and again... Pretty decent video for it. It's driven by like a hi-hat. I just like that. That, you know, it's just there, however the hell it went. Um, I remember hearing this song, and yeah, I pivoted completely on this. He wasn't just talking about banging Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. The whole song, it's just, it's aggressive from the get-go, but it kind of keeps picking up and picking up and just picking up. And the, the chorus, you know, it's got bells and, you know, like, you know, just real, like, just thick, dramatic, you know, dun, 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 just like doom kind of music playing in the background. It's really, really just awesome. Um, you know, and the song is, is just something as another song. He has like 10 different songs that address the way the media views him. And this one is just another one of them, but this is a very good song. He doesn't give a shit. He's him. Call him whatever the hell you want, and that's what it'll be. Track number eight. This is the first single, all right? This is the this is the one everybody waited for. The real Slim Shady. Again, with this Slim Shady persona, I didn't understand what the fuck it was. Mentioned it as being sort of like a Ziggy Stardust thing earlier. I'm not com- making it comparable to Ziggy Stardust at all, all right? Know that. The Ziggy thing works so much better than the Slim Shady thing, but... Nonetheless, he's got his song called The Real Slim Shady. Beat was really the only reason I enjoyed it, okay? 
because it was the the song he debuted with the my name is song and this song were the same fucking song okay just different beat every 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 lyric they could have been interchangeable he's just doing the fucking oh i'm gonna make fun of celebrities things while again pointing out some hypocrisies in media and culture he can't say oh i'm gonna go choke somebody but a comedian uh, tom green with all his crazy stuff he can kiss a dead moose or some shit like that I, I don't know whatever you know like why is this okay if but what i'm saying isn't like what's the difference that sort of thing it's really strange in hindsight to think that this song came out and was just the shit because everybody was rocking to it I, there's no debating that this fucking song was everywhere like it was it it was just inundated the world that's the shit that worked in the year 2000 i mean what else can you say about it it's that fucking simple loved dumb shit at the turn of the century i think everybody was just so excited that fucking that the y2k thing didn't actually kill everybody so maybe that was it but we press on real slim shady another good song good beat terrible lyrics number nine remember me he actually has somebody else appear on this track this is the first time he does it on the album so I kind of, I like that. Year 2000, like that. that's when a lot of collaborations started happening. And Eminem didn't really do that too much on this album. Like he does it kind of on the back end, you know. And, and of course, we always talk about every one of these rappers' albums, somebody usually shows up on the back end, you know, it's like they're boys or whatever. And it's no different on this album. But it's like all the way at the end. So on this album, he's got a dude called RBX and Sticky Fingers of Onyx. You know, Slam, da, 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 that dude. That dude's on this track, all right? Took me way back. I love that album. Back the Fuck Up was a great album. That was like one of the handful of rap albums I did buy before I went full-blown rock and roll and just started blowing through everything that was written in Seattle. So, remember me, it sounds like a 90s hip-hop song or, or not like a 90s rap, rap track. It's got that like, you know, oh, it sounds like the beat's like almost like coming like out of like a coffee can almost, you know, like it's it, like it's just got like a little filter on it, but it makes it like just, just you know, just like cut through a little bit easier. RBX, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of this dude. He kind of starts off a little weak. It just kind of seemed like he didn't know, like his, his rhythm was fucking goofy to me. I don't know. But Sticky Fingers comes in, recovers, because he's just screaming and yelling and ranting and raving. It was, it was cool to hear him, you know, do a verse again. I guess the whole song's about not forgetting where they come from. But then Eminem comes on and, and he's he's he completely takes this sort of like here's how we represented growing up sort of a scheme. And then he goes into why why is Bill Clinton blaming me for Columbine? Like it's just the scope of what they're rapping about. I, I feel like it should have been a little bit closer connected. You got two guys rap rapping about growing up in this neighborhood and doing this as, you know, people or whatever, and then you're going to like yeah, man, fucking the president's bitching about me. It's like, what? Like, that's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's a disconnect to me. That's just the way I feel. I don't know. The fourth single is the next track, and it's called I'm Back. All right, it's a revisit to the Slim Shady persona again, so he can get away with saying more outlandish shit, of course, because he's a fictional character. It's not actually Marshall Mathers. It's Slim Shady. Slim Shady is a perverted, dangerous deviant, and he just... Pretty much every every time he's on a track as Slim Shady, he's going to insult everybody, says he's going to kill whoever, bang whoever. It really gets old. We liked weird shit back in the year 2000. My God, at this point in the album, with just with the content like this, all of the satire and the fucking just, you know, yeah, murder, murder, murder. Because like I said, 
they call it like a horror rap. That's based on the content. Fucking enough already, my God. Because then you dip in and you do the things like Stan and The Way I Am and, you know, all this stuff. And then you allow two guys to come in on another track. Just go back into your weird fucking tangent of bitching to critics. It's just, it kills me. Because, like, I want to be into what I'm listening to, you know, lyrically and with the beat when you're listening to rap. You know, like, they they both go hand in hand. You can't just always have awesome beats with just fucking gibberish on it. Like, it's, it's got to come together. These songs were Eminem just, fuck you and fuck this, I'm banging her or whatever. It just, it really, like, it just wears on me. We'll press on now. We'll press on. All right. And that was the fourth single. I don't even remember that song. Yeah, just strange. Yeah, just yeah, just killing, killing people and banging them. It's just weird. Next song is called Marshall Mathers. Starts out a little acoustic guitar intro. Talking about being a regular dude despite all the fame and the money. Mentions that there's too many fake rappers running around, you know, fucking stupid boy bands, pop stars, and all I'm thinking in my head is like, really? It's like, shit, like you're bitching about these fuckers again. It's so weird to be fixated on this shit. He's preoccupied with the power that he has, like, to his fans, you know? Like, you know, he's got that soapbox, he's got that that avenue, you know, he holds court so well. Can't get over the fact that everyone just thinks he's fucking evil. He doesn't think he's evil. Says a lot of evil shit, but he's not evil. The Marshall Mathers song. Again, this this song, this this was the first song that really didn't do anything for me. You know, like even like with the beat, I was just sort of like, eh, they, they can't all be winners. You know, so this one, this one I kind of thought was a dud. Track 12, fucking skit. Again, this one's literally just a full 60 seconds of a guy getting getting a blowjob from two other guys, all of which I believe I I tried to look up the, the one name, uh, Ken K- Caniff. Because that's the name of the track. It's Ken Caniff. Apparently he's a made-up person. If anybody knows his whereabouts, knock first. Did we need to do that? It was just, you know, again, I've, I've been, you know, I've been pretty consistent with all the dick references and shit like that. And the need to have all the simulated sex. It's just strange to me. It's just like like any other genre, you know, you know, like like listening to, you know, just like classic rock grunge fucking, you know, even like new wave and shit. Like you don't hear a lot of anything like this shit on these, but it's just everywhere in rap records and yeah, the 60 second blowjob of with three guys was that was a bit much for me. Thanks again, Eminem. Uh number 13, Drug Ballad. Guess what that's about? Loves drugs, loves women. Loves to take drugs and meet women and then take drugs with the women. The emphasis on cursing and being shocking, it's beyond repetitive. And as somebody who curses a lot, which I am, I gotta say, I don't like it, it comes off as kind of lazy how much he curses. I guess you could justify it with, you know what, sometimes there just isn't a better word to use than a specific curse word. So that's what I, that's my defense for when somebody calls me out for cursing too much, I'm like, look, sometimes I saying the word fuck 30 times in 10 seconds is absolutely the best way to convey what you need to convey. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm with you. Strikes me as I. There's definitely more cursing in Eminem's records than anything else. It's not even a doubt in my mind. Number 14. This song is called Amityville. It's featuring a rapper named Bizarre. He's one of those D12 guys that Eminem apparently like came up with in Detroit. The whole song is just shock value shit. I didn't think it was going to wear me down as fast as it did, but it totally did. It's just boring. It's not like, oh, how dare he? How could he say this? I mean, some of the shit, it's like, why would you say that? He can go get right, 
you know, mentally, however the fuck he needs to. But they take this whole spin of Detroit and turn it into, like, Amityville, which Amityville, I think, was just like a haunted house. They're treating the whole city like it's like their murderous playground and shit. M does a big-ass fucking verse saying outlandish shit, and then this bizarre dude comes on. He says some even more outlandish shit, and it's just like, okay, like just end the fucking song already. My God. Bitch Please is track number 15. It's the fifth single that was released off of this. I was really like, fucking hell, like how, like how much of this album do I have left? It's not just Eminem, he brought friends. Nate Dogg, Exhibit, Snoop, and of course, because he's got to fucking appear on every record he touches, Dr. Fucking Dre. So <laughs> I thought I'd go like verse to verse on this one. It starts out with my most overrated rapper of all time, Dr. Dre. So he takes the first verse. At this point, so it's the year 2000, when did The Chronic come out? Like 91? It's been like a decade. I think Dre might have finally kind of started figuring out how to rap. Either that or he totally found somebody to just kind of feed him shit to do. Because remember, when he did California Love, and that was in what, 96 or 97, he sounded good on that track. He's also sharing a track with Tupac, who was probably standing right on the outside of that fucking recording booth when they laid that track down and kept him on fucking point. Because Pac's not going to let some fucking unfucking real nonsense get up on one of his fucking tracks. I guarantee you that. But Dre finally might have learned how to rap. I gotta find something Dre did in like 0405, because, you know, it looked like he was on the rise. I still think he's the most overrated rapper of all fucking time, because everyone's like, nah, dude, Dre's one of the best. Fuck no, he's not. He finally, it looks like he's killed. As of 2000, he was improving. I'll do that. Verse 2, Snoop. Really thought Snoop was going to be on the back end here, because he's out of the guests, he's definitely the best. Nonetheless, here he is. Snoop doing his thing. He never disappoints. Nate Dogg pops in after that. Does his hook. I think, what, what did I say at the end of, on, from the Tupac album, from All Eyes on Me, Nate Dogg appears. And I believe I asked the question, if Nate Dogg wasn't on, so, like, if Nate Dogg doesn't record with Dre, does he sound good? Like, does it work? Can he even actually sing? Or is, like, Dre just got some way to make us think he can sing? I can't fucking tell. Nate Dogg, he chimes in with the hook. Exhibit. I have known about Exhibit for probably 25 years. I think the first time I heard of him, he was, like, featured on a Madden game one year they had a bunch of like really obscure rappers and members of good charlotte on this made-up ea sports football team that was the first time i'd seen who exhibit was and then he hosted i think pimp my ride for a couple years on mtv i never heard the dude rap except for like the one little freestyle verse that he did in the eight mile movie but i heard him here he really isn't bad i was like god damn man so if they all go that means eminem's gonna finish this one off right let's see what he does he does exactly what i didn't want him to do he kills the fucking flow of the entire song. They got a good fucking song going. Dre comes out, somehow doesn't fucking blow it right out of the gate. Snoop Dogg can't fucking miss with him. Exhibit comes in, does his fucking thing. Leaves it wide open for Eminem to come in and do some shit, good-ass fucking rap, like on The Way I Am or something like that. He just goes into his fucking critics this, parents that, society. Like, what the fuck? It's just... It's the same shit on every track. It's really, really strange. You know, I always love listening, you know, you hear Snoop just yapping at the end of it, you know, woo-wee, all that shit, whatever whatever fuck he does. It just works, because Snoop's just fucking cool. Number 16, this song is called Kim. It's an anti-love letter to his wife, his ex-wife. I don't know if they were married at the time, I don't think they're married now. It's a venting track where he basically plays out an outburst after catching her cheating. M kind of does, like, a singing, he tries to sing. It doesn't go well. This song's terrible. 
fucking god awful. It's really tapering off here at the end. He's going to beat his wife to death and kill her and do this and the baby sleeping in the other room. That's what the song's about. Recommend you, if you want to hear something terrible, go to this song. It's called Kim and listen to Eminem sing. Jesus. Track number 17, Under the Influence, featuring D12. The whole song, it's, it's suck this, kiss that. I took pills and booze. I'm crazy. Like, like fucking enough already. Am I too old for this shit? Is that it? Am I the Roger Murtaugh of rap reviews already? It's my fucking maiden voyage, man. The final song on this album is called Criminal. While his lyrics are not literal, he insists he is, he is viewed as a person who is actually evil. He's touched on this ten times. Yeah, it's probably ten times. It's just another reiteration of the same thesis. It worked early. When I go back through the contents of this album... All of the critics, parents, society, politicians, the censors, fuck Will Smith, all of it. When it's the whole album, problematic, man. Like, it just, it lost me. I got to tracks three, four, five, you know, The Stand, The Way I Am, even The Real Slim Shady. Like I said, I didn't like the lyrics to it because of what it was. And honestly, I've heard that song 10 zillion times. So maybe I'm just over it. The beat is still infectious. It's good. Like you, you got this good clump of music right up front and then it just, boom, fishtails out of control. It's very, very bizarre to me. I got to ask kind of why, why the fuck did everybody like this? It's fucking me up. I don't know that I would hand this album to somebody if I was trying to convert them to a rap fan. This is the one that's going to get you. It wouldn't have gotten me. Some of the albums on this list, I'm telling you, all you guys out there in La La Land that helped me compile it, some of these things, I don't think they should have gotten on here, but they did. So where the hell are we going to rank it? I still got to maintain that Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G., my least favorite of this bunch. So we're going to slide that one in to number nine. So Ready to Die is now number nine to the number eight spot. Today's review, the Marshall Mathers LP. Sorry to anybody who feels that this is incorrect, I would say, nope, you're incorrect. Listening to an album, it's two things, man. It's it's the fucking beat, and it's what's the guy rapping about? And when the guy's rapping about, it's like superficial. Like, I Man, the fact that people fucking ate this shit up 20 years ago is really, really fucking driving me crazy. I just don't know how it couldn't have gotten... Psst, played out i'm all for, i'm all for a decent insult here and there but dude made pretty much 18 goddamn tracks about it with the exception of three songs it was just a bitch fest it really just was he found a dozen different ways to lay a beat and complain about the same goddamn thing and then claim to murder a bunch of people and you know choke somebody out maybe his wife maybe his mom the shock value thing like eh. Like, I liked it when I was a teenager, and when this album came out, I was eh, ending my teenage years. I was like 20 when this album. It didn't hit home with me then. It certainly doesn't now. Back to the countdown. Sorry. Still just, you know, it's still fresh, this Marshall Mathers thing. Okay, so Ready to Die at number nine. Marshall Mathers LP at number eight. The Chronic at number seven. NWA at six. Public Enemy uh, takes a nation at number five. Nas Illmatic at number four. Wu-Tang, number three. Tupac. At number two, and low-end theory. Yeah, that fucking thing ain't going nowhere. Guys, we got one left to do here. Been a ride, man. We got one album left to do, all right? And incidentally, uh, this man got a distinction that I failed to fucking point out two other people on the countdown have. Here's my little addendum to some previous episodes. Sorry, three people on our list, or three representatives, bands, acts. Tupac, Public Enemy, and N.W.A., 
have all been named to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I obtained that information because I just remembered that the maker of our final album, which is called Reasonable Doubt, was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And of course, that is Jay-Z. I will give you a nice intro to Jay-Z and my thoughts on him. But for now, I thank you very much for sticking it out with me. I know this was a long one. We did that going in, guys. So thank you for sticking with me. I'm Jamie. This has been the New Reviews. Reasonable Doubts up next with Jay-Z. We'll see where that lands on the top 10 list of essential rap albums. Drive safe, guys.